Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes my mind plays these tricks on me. Sometimes this week's show is sponsored by Shroomity Byron Bay Medicinal Mushroom Drops. Use the code Steve at the checkout for 20% off all orders. The uh, the drops that they sell have uh, many different health benefits. I've been using the immunity and the limitless. I found that it's been excellent for um, just my general mood overall. And it's really lowered my levels of anxiety. Yeah, I've been using the product for probably six months to a year. And uh, it's been great for me. So I've reached out to them and they've offered a 20% discount to any of the listeners. Just use the code Steve at the checkout. I'll put the link in the show notes in the description. And um, yeah, definitely check them out. But like with any um, supplements or anything like that, I recommend to uh, talk to your doctor first before using them because they're not for everyone. Do the right thing. Be safe. Check it all out with your doctor first. But these have um, these have been great for me and um, some of my family. So um, I highly recommend checking them out. Shroomity.com. Cheers. Welcome to episode 37 of Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat. The running podcast for the average runner. The, uh, the usual crew in the house so far. Maybe a couple more will log in. But it's myself, Woolly. Mountain goat Nathan Barden or the roadkill yeah. man, <laughs> the Spartan Steve the Sparling. Roadkill man. How's it yeah, going, boys? Going. Yeah, um, good. I heard you've been doing it oh, secretly. Tammy's been posting with Wool, so she's been <laughs> running with you, mate. I've hey? actually been doing quite a bit, eh? But I've just not put any of it on Strava because I've just been like listening to podcasts and taking my phone with me. Yeah, you did but, it. Um, you, you did more than me this week. Yeah, like, don't like. I'm coming back from uh, back injury, so it's going to be a slow process. But I've, I think I'm estimating I've done about 40k of walking and running this week, so I've done yeah. like plenty of exercise. And then on Sunday, yeah, I jogged yeah. 6k. And um, did I, yeah. I haven't told you about the physio appointment, have I? That was continuous. That one on Sunday was it? Yeah, it didn't stop. No. Just kept going. Didn't um, just kept it nice. Um, I went to the physio on, I think it was Monday last week. And that was like really positive because you know, it's like when you go to the doctors and you know, it's doom and gloom, everything's negative. But anyway, I went to see the physio and got chatting to him and um, he was like, usually in athletes, these things clear up if you do all the right things. And I've told him what I've been doing. I've been doing all the core strength stuff um walk i've been doing like walks like so like a walk 100 jog 100 so sort of up that to like 200 200 and um yeah he was really like positive he said there's like i've got like classic symptoms of an l4 l5 disc bulge like i've got weakness in my big toe and stuff like that but he said like you i've got another appointment this week and um i guess i've got to go through all the tests and stuff that he gave me to do but um, yeah, he thinks I'll be, I'll be sort of on the road to recovery soon. So that's good. So that was positive. And um, yeah, so I've done pretty well this week with the walking and um, running, and I've been swimming as well. Yeah, so it's been um, been pretty pretty good. It's good. And how do you rate yourself when you when you're doing the two hundred meter jogging? Is that feeling right? Well, the the thing is, is that oh, Fraser's logging in. Um, yeah, I, I said to him, my right hamstring is super tight, but it's, mm. it just shouldn't be. But he said, that's like a stress reaction from the, from the nerve. So because the nerves like inflamed, it sends a signal to tighten your hamstring. So you don't damage it further. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like if you're but... bending over, trying to touch your toes, like when I do that, my right hamstring is like rock solid. doesn't want to doesn't want to let me um bend over or anything but 
so what he said was with your um running because i said look i can run jog i can walk and jog but when i jog after about 100 meters my right hamstring feels like it's getting really tight and he said yeah. oh what you need to do like he he reckons he's seen it before heaps he said you need to really shorten up your stride and up your cadence so you're not stretching your hamstring so if you're taking big strides you're putting strain on that hamstring and it's like the brain sending a message saying yeah. tighten up so you don't cause any more damage so, is that from underuse like you just haven't used it the last three or four weeks or no no it's a it's like a um like a stress response to the damage on the nerve so because the yeah. nerve's inflamed it's like yeah. a it's like sort of your body trying to protect yourself yeah cool so you don't damage the nerve anymore but um, yeah, so he said, shorten up your stride and, and I've been doing that. And then sort of, yeah, I felt like a bit of improvement. And then on Sunday I was able to run 6k before I felt any sort of tightness in that leg. So that was good. Hey, so, Barden, how are you? Good, mate. Sal? Good, good. Managed to uh, join in. That's good stuff. I wonder if Wax will join. What, have you been training much, Fraze? Yeah, I did it at the start of the week. Uh, and then I got a bit dispatched with, you know, kids stuff and all that. Um, I did a couple of sessions beginning of the week, but then after that, it just went downhill. I didn't do anything at the weekend. <laughs> so, but yeah, but apart from that, I think I did about 30 K all up. Shit, pretty good. All up, but they're back into it today. I'll go for a run, go to the gym later. So, all good. You run, you run on the treadmill, didn't you? It's gonna. There's a storm coming, so it looks like I might have to do oh, a few on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah it's at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's not far off, but there's mm. red on the. Yeah, I'll probably go yet. to the uh, world gym, and then I find it easier on their treadmills running. Yeah, me doesn't too. Seem, doesn't seem as fast as the do one. Do you use I, the dead flat one, or do you use that? Uh, Point five ever. I use it. Well, I use the dead flat one, but there's two. You know, like that one that's curved. Yeah. Which you propel it sort of yourself, but they also do. There's one like that, but it's flat and it's not self-propelled, but it's the machine propels it. But I don't know what the difference is between that and like a normal belt one, which is just like that thinner belt. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're easier to run on the other ones or not. Next time you're there, take a photo. Show us what it looks like. Yeah, I'll yeah. show you. It's just because it looks like tracks. So yeah. basically, it looks like someone's taken, um, you know, like a a, a, um, a digger, the tracks. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. a tank tracks. It's, and that's uh, what's laying as you're like running. Like a, they, they call it Weird. a posi track, don't they? Yeah. Posi it's, track. Um, I don't know what the difference is meant to be. I'll have to then Google it. What about you, Sparling? Getting it done? No, not as much this week. At the start of the week, I had a bit of a sore hip, so... Um, don't know. Just eased. I did two six k days just on Monday, just to keep running, easier pace, just to turn the legs over. And then I had two rest days. I thought it's not going away, so I had a good rest. But come uh, Wednesday afternoon, um, was feeling alright. I thought no, I'll just have another rest day. Friday, I took the um vapor flies out for a, a tempo because I come home from work and I went, oh, this is awesome. Two days off, it felt great. So I just did a 2K warm-up and then a 3K hit out at 4.30ish. So I think the last one was probably a little bit quick. But, um, yeah, was, they're weird, eh? So like even when you back off that pace, they still want you to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, even though I was trying to go back to five minutes, I think somewhere along my run, I was looking down and it's still 4.30 pace. So I'm like, shit, it's really hard to bloody slow oh, down. I love that when you like have to keep reminding yourself to slow down. And in the back of my mind, I keep thinking, what are the alpha flies going to feel like? Because obviously, that is the next level of cushion again. So it's better to be a very similar feel being carbon plated to the I same. I think there's, there's a key. You got. I think there's a real key to try and get the best out of those shoes. Because with the, um, like, I think it's easier to get a forward propulsion with the pop of the plate on the vapor flies. But the alpha flies, because the cushioning, you sort of bounce up. But you've got to make sure you use that bounce to propel you forward. Because yeah. otherwise you're just sort of going up and down. You're going higher up. You probably oh, take definitely. You'll be take. You'll actually be slower than if you use it to propel you forward. And I remember when I went to the osteopath room in France, and he said because your flexibility is so bad, he said to move to cover the distance. You've because your flexibility is not great. 
to cover that distance, you've got to go up higher in the air to get the to get the distance. And he said, yeah. and that's going to create causing using more energy. So he said, you need to increase your flexibility so you don't have to go up to cover the distance. You can cover it by not having to. So yeah, I reckon that's what you got to be careful of with those shoes is use that to propel you forward, not the bounce and, and go upwards, you know, if that yeah. makes sense. I've seen, sense. I've seen stills of the, you know, like um the, the main, uh, you know, marathon runners and, you know, half marathon runners where they're pushing really hard in these shoes mm. and you see them, they're like a couple of foot off the ground, eh? Yeah, and and you know sometimes you might get a still of your park run and your foot's like <laughs> this far off the ground, both of them at the same yeah. time. But don't know, you shuffle. Yeah, don't you? Yes. But every, everyone yeah. really like you look at photos and you and you go, oh look at that, both feet off the ground. But you look at some of the elites and they're they're way off the ground. They're like yeah, a couple their of strides at... about two meters long and their back, yeah. their back kicks like yeah, you know, like top of their hip. But you know when you see to see Kipchoge's. How far his stride is because um, I think mine only works out. It's not. I thought oh, I'd be at least you know, nearly two meters or something, but it's not. I'm actually it's quite surprising that because I suppose it's different to sprinting. It's different to. Um, I remember they used to say, um, "Who's the who's used to be the British 400 meter hurdler?" Roger Black. They reckon he was when he was at full pelt. He was about three meters stride. Which is the length of, you know, the white line in the middle of the road, the dash, the, the white dash. That's yeah. three meters. So you imagine cover yeah. that much distance with one one stride. But um, I, I was quite surprised mine wasn't that as long as I thought it would be. Um, but I'll be interested because Kipchoge really lifts his heel up. He's nearly mm. kicking himself in the backside, isn't he? Yeah. So it'd be interested to see how far. And I reckon that's the best way to run is to lift the heel up, not the knee up forward, because that wastes a lot of energy lifting your knee up high. But actually, if you pull the heel up and kick through, yeah. then that's a more efficient way of running. Mm. So anyway, off the back of that um, tempo run on Friday, I did park run, but the faster run seemed to aggregate my, my hip or my my quad. I think it's my quad. And, it, and it's all joined into your hip flexor and your top of your quad. You know what I mean? So seem to be able to, I've been massaging it and it seems to be going further down my quad, which is annoying, but it's easier to stretch your quad than your hip flexor. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know why, but you can sort of get rid of that pain a lot easier than the hip flexor is really hard. There's about five different sort of stretches to do to actually try and release the pressure on your hip flexor. Whereas your quads, you can just do a squat down and just hold it and just roll back on your heels. Or you can go down on your knees and just lean back, you know, like, um, um how about that stop. one? Have you tried doing like, um, like the lunge position? Yeah. But then that leg, that the back leg, you're stretching straight, put your foot yeah. up, put your foot up then on the sofa behind you. Yeah. So you sit down into it and try and stretch that. That's a good quad one. But that hip flexor one is when I lay on the roller with yeah. it on my hips and then pull the other knee in and that stretches your that lengthways. Yeah, you get stretched on that that hip flexor. Yeah. I just reckon as you get older, you just got to get in the gym. Yeah, as soon as you start lifting weights, all those little niggles just go away. Yeah, as but long anyway, as you don't go mental and lift too much and then cause a all that aside. I thought I'd, I'd have a a bit of a warm up for park runs here. I felt I did like almost five k warm up because I got there early and it felt fine. It was just probably the ten minutes I had to stop and then before the start again. You just need to time in that that waiting time at the start and just keep going. Does that make sense? Like if you stop, yeah, uh, if you've got the these little days. injuries, you it's come up worst. and come to a complete stop and I'll stand there, I'll stretch in it and stretch in it. And then, and then by the time we got to go again, it was just tight again. So park runner just sort of took off easy and slowly built into it again. Um, couldn't see Nathan. He was out of the blocks hard. Gone. And, um, but yeah. And then Sunday we um, organized a run. We're still, we're still trying to get a bit of, um, endurance happening because we've got the mount glorious trail race in three weeks time and before that the the one at inaugura that nathan's hosting which i'm sure he'll plug again but um um yeah so a few trail events coming up so i need a bit of endurance just to keep the body going over there so we did a rain hail or shine we said let's just do it anyway and i left here with sammy he's doing the gc50 he lives not even a kilometer up the road behind me so he said i'm keen to join in so let's just run to North Lakes and do a mystery tour. <laughs> uh, a few of the other boys jumped on because <coughs> they were already running. And then um, 
So we worked out, yeah, we probably do 25K, which we did. We finished right back at my house on 25 and then just did a warm uh, walk, warm down just to finish off at the end. Yeah, no invite for me. No, sort of last thing Saturday night. I passed out after not after not long after organising it. I stayed awake all day and then gone. Pretty but, um, miserable looking weather. Oh, it was shit. Because we it were rained the whole flooded, time, so I wouldn't have gone anywhere. I don't think. Park run, mate. They must have had a heap of bloody um rain over at North Lakes because you know, like the water what was luck. right up to the track. It was right up to the track. What yeah. luck though, um, um, on Saturday for Park Run. 10th oh. anniversary at North Lakes, and uh, it just the rain happened to stop for like that hour. Crazy, yeah. Went, and that was just, yeah. it was just so lucky. And then, as soon as we'd done and everyone sort of finished at about eight, it started raining again. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, I had 57 Ks, but there was a lot of tentative. There's two days off there. I just had to rest, but I actually had an enjoyable week. So that was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Nate? Keeping busy training. I I have I've had I did a boxing class Saturday because we had that big run Sunday. So I had a boxing uh, class Saturday and did um, a few k on the treadmill. I don't know if I've entered that into um, into uh, Strava because uh, if it's not in Strava, it didn't count. And uh, <laughs> um, and then like I did a I did a run because it was raining. I did a run in, on the treadmill. Oh, about 5k in a week and uh with park run it was up to only like poof, 13k or so and then um yesterday went for nearly a 12k trail run it sort of the rain stopped didn't it and yesterday and I went out and did uh, back on the old trail did a couple of couple of laps of the lake out there and um yeah it was good to get back out on the on the trails and what shoes are you using for that wet trials? I use the Mafade, but like um, I'm just finding they're a bit, they're a bit with my orthotics in they're too narrow for me. So yeah. I haven't done many Ks in them. I'm just going to put them on marketplace to sell them. <laughs> so yeah. like, like I do, and you know, shoes don't, you know. I actually got them. I got them. I did get a discount on them. So they're under 200 bucks, but it's a shame when you spend that money. And they've got such a good grip, though. I have to say the grip is great, but they just don't, just don't feel right for my foot. So why they haven't got much on them, K's on them, I might as well just try them. That that trail run we did with Noel um, the other weekend, I've seen some people did that on Sunday during that rain. That was hectic. You know that campground where we crossed that little creek? Yeah, that would have been real high. That was about a foot or so over that concrete. Oh, was it? Yeah, right to each side, like right up each side. Yeah. And And they had photos and there was leeches all over them. So they no. obviously, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, when we went, it was quite dry considering we just had rain. It was fairly dry. Yeah. But when they went, it was wet. So there's puddles everywhere. And I imagine going back at the end through that rainforest, it would have been, you know, it would have been slippery. So they would have been going pretty slow. But I imagine leeches just grab you from everywhere, eh? Yeah. I don't know how so they work. I did work. like just... 20, 25k for the for the week. So yeah, that's pretty good. That's you did right. it. You did a naked park run too on Saturday. No watch. Naked park run, no watch. Forgot me watch. So I just ran at uh, what felt fairly comfortable, and uh, you know, like my arch nemesis couldn't couldn't even get near me. Look at that. So that's that's running behind me, wasn't he? No, somewhere. That was running to feel, and that was almost identical to the week before. So you found you found like yeah. Yeah, that's good. A credible pace you that you that. could just run without. So even that was thinking. twenty-one and a half minutes, and like I wasn't busting it. So like I could have obviously, if I wanted to, gone gone harder. I reckon like I'm getting. I reckon that I could do it if I really pushed it, and we had a few of us there. I could go sub twenty again. Yeah. Um. You know. So. Um, it's a pretty good outcome yeah. for no watch though. So one week you have oh, your watch, next week well, no watch, and you got nearly the same time. It was. It was. It was doing the timing. What's his name? Um. Campbell, yeah, it was uh, was on the timer, and I I looked at him and he wasn't calling the time, so I just was pointing at my my wrist and he'd shouting them out every every lap. Yeah. So I think the first lap was six forty five, and then this I think we got in at like uh, thirteen forty five. So it was a seven minute second lap, and then uh, I just um, yeah just sort of stayed fucking stayed about that same pace and. Uh, and flick around so yeah it's um it's good to know that you know just that was my even sort of pace was wasn't too bad so 
Yeah. My watch never comes off my wrist. I don't know. You can forget your watch. Yeah. Oh, I don't wear it at night. Like, I, don't, I, I mean, it's been nice to sit and go, oh, yeah, I wonder what my sleep was during the night and how did I get me eight hours? And, I yeah, don't yeah, wear mine Just I don't wear my, Tammy, my wife, never takes hers off and she wonders why it's always got no battery. But the Look, thing at is, though, Look at that tan on your wrist, Steve. Yeah. What you know, you got all that fucking Bluetooth shit working on your wrist all the time, buzzing around. You don't know what it's doing to you, and, you, and that thing's buzzing into your wrist and your pulse all the time. And, and now I'll just like get off, leave me alone. That's you know, that's um, why I don't do any blue screen at night. You know, like I'll read a paper book if I read and uh, and all that, and don't look at me. Yeah, Back but you're the... you're always on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Contradictory. Yeah, but... <laughs> On Not the indeed. on the no um watch thing, I went to um oh, it would have been like the year before the pandemic. I did the Great South Run um half marathon, and I got to like I'd I'd been driving for about twenty five minutes, and I realised I'd left my watch at home. <laughs> I was like, oh no! And I contemplated turning around, and I was going to be cutting it fine. So I just went off. Oh, I'll just run without a watch. Like I was devastated. I've been training so hard for it and that I'd left it on charge. And then I ended up having a blinder and I think it was because I just didn't have, I wasn't, I didn't keep checking the watch. Yeah. Did you run run. that? Was there paces in it? There was a pace group. Uh, They were, I think it was a 124 pacer or something like that. And so I jumped in with them because that was a bit quicker than I thought I'd run. But then I ended up running one, 23 something like and i finished behind the pacer so he obviously gone a bit quicker but just something to it i reckon like like we used to do it cycling now and then just no no watch you know if you knew the route you were taking just go out and ride and and, uh, don't worry about your about your um time and your speed and that but i reckon there's something to it because you run more at how you feel which Mm. um is like you know that i mean but then it can be a a bad thing because if say you want to beat a certain time you'll go oh, Miss i need it to by two seconds yeah yeah but then you're always I, looking at it i know when everything. um yeah. when spencer goes out for a run he just he doesn't he hasn't got a gps watch he's just got a normal stopwatch some people run for time so they just mm. go run for time feel easy can you have a conversation don't worry you know like your heart rate but i suppose it depends how, how much analysis you want to give it and go oh look i'm getting fitter because i'm running this i'm running faster pace same heart rate now and what's your exact distance like um like neil wood was saying when he started doing the um the matheson training he's like easy run heart rate was the same after doing it for a few months he was running like nearly a minute quicker a k Mm. like you wouldn't know that um, unless you were monitoring everything and Mm. then you've got like courtney de water who just goes out with a casio watch and just she runs for time yeah, so Neil's a specific sort of um, reason to wear a watch, though. But you, you can't do it without that, unless you yeah. just had a heart rate watch, you know, with no timer or nothing. It's just to monitor a heart rate. Like they use them in gyms and stuff, just to monitor during workouts yeah. and things like that. That's what we used to we used to have. We used to have just a polar heart mm. rate monitor. Yeah, like well, look then. At, look and then just your normal normal stopwatch. The only ever time you knew you were getting fitter was when you raced mm. at the weekend. So if your times were getting faster, then you know obviously you were getting fitter. So yeah, that was right. it. <laughs> right. But then there's um like look at kickboxing. How did we know we were getting better and fitter? Like we were recovery between anything. rounds. Knocking what? more motherfuckers. Recovery out. in between pad rounds. Yeah, That's how yeah, I knew. Yeah. But also you're learning some you're also working on some technique and stuff and that as well. But you never used to wear a watch, did you? And go, oh yeah, you do 10 rounds. And if you were feeling fitter, you'd go harder. So you'd still be just as knackered, even like <laughs> if you'd only been training a week or you've been training 10 years. Like, you, I thought, you know. You, you just, you, I would just notice, like, say if I was a fight six weeks out, by the sort of like three weeks in, I'd notice that in between rounds, I wasn't, I wasn't blowing as bad, you know, and, and if I was blowing, I was recovered within sort of 15 seconds or, or well, at least on the way to being, you know. Giving you, giving you adrenaline during something like that, how high do you reckon your heart rate was? Oh, God, it'd be interesting to know. Well, eh? Training or fighting? Fighting. Oh god, two hundreds something be in the two hundreds, <laughs> I reckon. Higher than running, higher than running. The first time, pace yourself, wouldn't you? A bit. The and first then you time don't I, always. Yeah. Sorry, go. Oh, the first time I fought at um, the Edamoga Pub, their old legendary Thai boxing shows up the coast. I fought a guy there, and I you it was like you. 
before the internet, didn't know who he was, whether he was Southpaw or Orthodox or anything. It, and the bell went, I stormed forwards like, and he was a Southpaw. I didn't see it. And he cracked me with a straight left hand and it, everything just went black. And I remember thinking, oh, no, I've been knocked out. How embarrassing. And then, and then when I opened my eyes, I was still on my feet. I was like, shit, I can tell you right there, my heart rate would have gone from about 110 to about 250. Like the panic set in, you know, like survive, survive, survive. But yeah, we, yeah it'd be good to wear a heart What you need, a good smack that. in the face, just get you into it. Yeah, just wake you up a bit, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I remember I did that once. I was when we used to play football back in England, it was a freezing cold day. We were playing, oh, playing down yeah. at Pendon Heath. And I remember, I think I come on as a sub. And as I come on, about two, 30 seconds later, the ball just got booted right into my face. <laughs> and it, I just went, oh, shit. And it was like <laughs> like freezing cold. And I was just oh, like, but it really horrible. got me into the game. Yeah, it got yeah, me yeah. like fired up. There's, like there's nothing like is there Steve in a fight and getting smacked in the face to wake you up I think remember, oh it? my god Ish, I'm in a fight Ish used to he never used to wake up until he'd get a tap in the face and he'd be like then he would just unleash the beast and you'd be like oh here he goes whack knock out when it with Ish it I'll just a, give everyone a quick backstory with Ish Ish was like a um, was he from Nigeria yeah Oh, I can't. How long had he been in England when we started training? I mean, probably only a couple of years or something, hadn't he? Not, not very long. But he started kickboxing. And Steve, this guy was like dreadlocks, like tied back dreadlocks. Yeah. Nice guy, but scary. <laughs> and he was about 75 athletic, kg of just bulk muscle. Well, he used to like... fight at my weight, 75, didn't he? Yeah. I thought he yeah. might have been a bit heavier than that. But... He used to cut. Yes, I think he'd have to cut weight a bit, but he used to fight at 75 kilos. And, and mate, sure. they like they lined him up a fight because he was a bit scrappy and a bit wild. But oh, like wild, yeah. Colin, the coach, said, look, if I don't get him a fight, he's going to quit. He said, oh, he's not ready, but I, I just know that type of personality. He'll quit if I don't get him a match. So he ended up putting him in the ring for a fight. And 30 seconds into the first round, he just whammo and knocked this guy out. Like He had the right hand from... It would just, just it was just yeah. like a Mike Tyson right hand. His, yeah. his actual surname is Iron Mike, but spelled A Y O N Mike. <laughs> so it's like you know, like Mike Iron, like Iron Mike Tyson. But it's, yeah. it, it was, it wasn't made up. That's his surname, Iron Mike. And he had the right hand was just like a sledgehammer. Like yeah. he got the fastest kickboxing kickboxing knockout in the world in the 10. world 10.6 yeah. seconds like and that's when see there, there's some debate people go oh yeah like he hit the canvas at this and like um ian ian uh, jacobs thinks he's got the fastest but it, it's not it issues because it's till the ref then counts stops the fight because yeah. he was still but he hit that uh german guy and he's he whipped his that guy's head back and he was out before he even hit the canvas and he just went bonk and the ref went one Two, oh no, you're out. Medic. Yeah, yeah. And he just snapped his head back and he was just, boom, was but, out. But right. Steve, like we were going to these kickboxing shows every week. Well, not every week, maybe like once a month. And every time Ish fought, he knocked the guy out. Like, and it, and before you know it, it's five or six, seven fights in a row. He's knocking people out and he become this massive celebrity. And then he was hanging out with like pop stars and famous gangsters and gangsters of tv <laughs> tv yeah he was doing dave he was courtney, in like he was in like was rap really... film clips and also dave and... courtney who's a well-known london gangster he used to come to the shows like we'd get photos of him with his big knuckle duster on he's <laughs> tough like and he did a made a film that ish was in i remember me uh, ish and i both fought those germans and uh, I beat, I knocked my guy out in the first round as well. And Ish knocked his out in 10.6 seconds. And we went out on the piss with Dave Courtney. And we were in these nightclubs and all this. And, you know, freaking, um, we stayed on to They just left us alone in some part of the club. And that. But it was like, yeah, you just walked in with Dave Courtney. We just walked straight in. Yeah, where do you want to sit? You know, it was absolutely crazy. And that was, <laughs> sadly, that was kind of the end of him. Eh? He was never right after he started hanging out with the wrong, like, yeah. Yeah, and Ish used to work the door, and he used to have his. And then he used to go to work with his uh, British champion belt. He's <laughs> 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 so much of a legend. He is. He's, yeah, uh, he's full just, on. He's a bit, he's out, a bit out there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's living in America now. He's moved to America. I've checked with him all the time. He's um, 
he's there, yeah. he's doing he's doing all right out there. And uh, how, did some, um, that, how did we get onto that subject? Knockouts. Yeah, heart rate. Heart rate. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sidetracked yeah. massively. Um Hey, getting back into running, I was talking yeah. to um, Dan Vunan during the week um, before last weekend, having a bit of a text with him, saying what's coming up. He's doing the um, UTA this weekend coming up, 50K. I think, is that in the Blue Mountains, Nathan? I can't remember. I did read Yeah, UTA is down there. Then you've got Kosciuszko in December. I, I don't know Kosciuszko. if that's going to be cancelled because they've had so much rain. I don't know what's going on. I said, hopefully well, it dries out. But he reckons he's in yeah. pretty good nick after that Tui trail that he did and he got like third place, I think. Second, wasn't he? Second, was it? Second, Second, I think, yeah. Um, he reckons the body's held together. The body is holding together like a kindy art project. So <laughs> as long as the sticky tape, as long as the sticky yeah. tape doesn't break, he should go all right. He reckons. Oh, good on him. So um, he's looking forward to it. He's um running. He reckons he's running the best he's felt for a while. So good um, stuff. Should be. He said he'll um he'll check in with the results too, just to let us know how he goes. Who's um? What have we got for local legend, Nate? Local legend uh, is going to go to uh, Ryan Crawford. He's uh, he the cameraman. He's um, the cameraman. Yeah, he's up on the sunny coast. Uh, he's a he's a really good tie box as well. A couple of times um, Australian champion, and he's just been competing at the. Um, I just get get it get it right here he was just competing at the uh, backyard ultra world teams uh, satellite challenge so i don't know if some people were competing at a course in other parts of the world um at, you know satellite being you know sort of all linked up um which i ex- suspect is probably the way because it gets expensive and it traveling all the way around the world for for people and uh, they, they were running this the australian team were down in monogita in Victoria, um, and they came uh, third overall. And uh, Ryan Crawford did 75 laps Jesus. or 76, 75 yards because it's backyard. Um, mm. And Phil Gore is like one of the best, uh, probably the best uh, backyard ultra runner in Australia. Um, in West Australia, did 70, went on to do 76 laps, uh, which was 509 kilometers. So that's 76 hours. So I'm assuming oh. as a team, it's a com- combined effort. So 76 laps plus 75 laps plus whatever the other member yeah. of the team is. Is that right? So yeah. the other teams might have had someone drop out earlier, but if they went further, that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Yeah, I looked at the um, – I did look at the results of Sue won it. I can't remember now. Have to... Here that's we madness. go. United States first, Belgium second, and Australia third. Well done. Oh, hey. Excellent. Well done. Once again, you guys know, but how did he get his name cameraman? I don't know. I don't know. Is it because he's a bit of a poser? Because of kickbox. That was his kickboxing name, wasn't it? The camera, yeah, but cameraman, I, don't think it's, it? I don't think he's into photography. I sort of thought it might be from you, know, like when you get hit, you see a sort of a bit of a, you see stars. Flash. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Flashes, you see guessing. the flashes. So he's like, it's the camera. I think that's it. I'd have to have a look because he was in that trail. The Trail Run magazine, which actually I gave that copy to you. Me. Did I, I didn't, say anything, didn't say anything about that. Didn't say anything about it. No. no. So, um, I was yeah. always wondering. I'm like, yeah. how's he getting that name? Like being a kickboxer yeah. and then turn runner. Where's the name come from? Anyway. Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll have to um, send him a message and see if he'll come on. We can ask him in person. Yeah. Great to have yeah. a chat to him. Just so we get it dead, dead, uh, dead right from the horse's uh, mouth. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Open the horse's mouth. Uh, talking of trail runs, uh, Courtney DeWater was taking part in Reunion Island, uh, 100 miler, and she took the win there as well. So, um, wow. well done Far to out. her at the weekend, another 100 mile win. Imagine Cassie, her like Cassie annual Ks. Imagine <laughs> what her like Ks per. Yeah, because she don't, I don't think she's on Strava, is she? No. She doesn't, doesn't, she doesn't. We'll be talking, won't we, off camera? Like, um, that, um, she, uh, she doesn't wear a watch to, she only does, uh, like a time. So she's for time. So it'd be interesting to see how many K she, uh, clocks up during a year for sure. I went to DFO today. Oh, yeah. Those singlets, those kids' singlets look really good, eh? Yeah, they're good. Um, 
the Nike shop didn't have any, so and then Asics shops just sort of next door, isn't it? But the, the the white one I got was a is a women's one, but it's like extra small, but it fit and for, it, the, it's, for the kids. It's the, yeah for the kids. It's the dry fit, more of a dry fit one. The other ones are a bit cottony, but they're still good. Like yeah. that. Oh, good, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one, one oh. another one for Sammy and one for Lukey as well. So I'll see which ones are like. Market there, eh? Um, running gear for kids. Oh, you just can't get yeah. it. Yeah, they've got running shorts. I got got them last time. Yeah. Does Sammy do his time trial, first? No, nah, he attempted to do it, but then it's if to him it seems way faster on the treadmill. Oh. There was no way he was going to keep it up. Yeah. Um, Okay. So boring for a kid to do that. He did. He did one. He did the did one k. Then he had enough. Like he did a one k in four four fifteen, and mm. then he stepped off the treadmill. <laughs> he goes, "Oh, I'll do it later." And then he never did. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. Well, sorry. um, oops, sorry, that's me. Um, road talk. Um, road racing results. Um. The Bernie 10K was won by Jack Rayner in a new Australian record of 27.43, which is um, beaten Craig Mottram's 10-year standing record. That's amazing. By 15 seconds or something. Didn't he already get that, though? Or was that because that was a track 10K? Track, yeah. This was road. Right. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's a different record. Is he a bit slower on the road? I don't know. I'm not sure, but... I... I did see on um, Instagram that he's, he was averaging 245 per K. Yeah, that's flying. It's just that's it's bonkers, eh? Like yeah. 200 meter pace. Yeah. But uh, second place was Sam McEntee in 28.34 and James Hansen in third in 28.56. Um, the women's was won by Leanne Pompey. I think it's Pompiani. Mm. Um, she did 32.04. Second place was Sinead Diver, th- uh, 32.29. And third place was Rose Davies in 32.59. So Sh- Sinead Diver doesn't like people talking about her age, but she's like 44 or 45. Like, unreal, man. 32.29 for 10K talk, at that age. age. You can't get away from it. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's unfortunately your age, you know. Well, I think she just doesn't like to use that. Like, you know, when she breaks master's record, she's – just like, oh, I'm not interested in that. I want to win the whole race overall, you know? Oh, yeah. I get I get what you mean. Mm. Yeah. We worked out on the weekend, Jack Rayner, if he was doing an All Flakes Park run. So if, if you were doing a 20-minute, so trying to break 20 minutes, Nathan, Jack Rayner would give you a slap on the ass as he went up the finishing shoot before you finished your second lap. <laughs> oh, shit. What did he get? 13, what was it? Yeah. 1351, uh, I think, for 5K. Well, he, might, he might be able to. He might just be ahead of him. Maybe I reckon I reckon he's got you for twenty nah. for a twenty minute. Yeah, I dare no, say. I, that's, nah, he wouldn't because it, that's three sevens of twenty one. If he's doing just under fourteen minutes, then he wouldn't have caught me. Nah, I reckon he would. He'd go harder. Yeah, he might just say catch me. He's close. It's not quite five k, is it? Either. Nah. Yeah, it's flying too. Um, no one got any new shoes or anything. No shoe talk. Any purchases? Oh, well, let's talk about shoe talk um, for yeah. a minute because Matilde ran a park run in a new Alpha Flies and a PB before that was 27, uh, like 43. Yeah. And she's gone put in the rain, like with only 5K of running and then just um, a boxing class and another class. Um, so no training, no, so no, no training. training, no running training. Yeah. She's gone, done park run in the wet in the Alpha Flies, twenty six minutes and like twenty seven seconds, right. taking over a minute off. Yeah, yeah, just by changing shoes. Shout so, out, to, shout out to Woolies wife though. That was a good pacing effort. Oh, she paces yeah, like that. That's great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, I don't know how that happened. I don't. I don't know if it, what happened was that Matilda was trying to keep up with Tammy. And then yeah. Tammy went, um, oh, I'll just sort of like take it easy and 
help you or i don't know how it how it eventuated that it ended up uh, pacing her but um i was actually going to name your sister as local legend but we we changed it because your sister got oh, a yeah, pb as well sub 22 should have given her a local legend i forgot about that shit sorry 21 Sasha. oh she was she beat a pb she was under so she weren't far behind your dad yeah uh, someone else beating him soon. Won't be long till she, she catches him. Just behind, she was just behind me. I think she was 21 49 or something like that. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Pretty yeah, quick. Tick won't like me mentioning that. I've got another. Tick. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we were notch. talking on the weekend. What's the scorecard, mate? Oh, man. Fuck, I've forgotten now. Like 16 something, two. Six, oh, no. 16 12, to two. 12, two. I don't know, mate. I don't, it, I don't even count anymore. You just got to go off the uh, age grade percentage. Oh, is that that? he's really winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's killing me. He's killing me there. Yeah, he goes all right, eh? Yeah, I'll let him have that one. I love seeing your dad at the end, Steve. He doesn't even look like he's tried, eh? No, he doesn't. He's just standing <laughs> just there. Stand. There's go, Sasha, 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 Sasha bent down. over. There's me bent over, nearly puking up. And there's ticks like, yeah, it's all right. Okay. Let's go uh, for a warm down. Warm down, warm down, boys. Hang on a sec. <laughs> yeah. Let's get he's keen back. to go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, um, the other week when we run Mount Glorious, Noel McBurney, he is a bottle of knowledge, eh? Um, with a bit of, bit of military background. We he just fires stuff at us the whole day. And it was a three hour run or so, so we got a lot of information off him. Nathan would agree. Just you ask him a question, he just has an answer for everything. But we we um dug into a bit of um road surface talk about what's best for everyone, you know, what's the best road surface to run on or running surface as such. Um for everyone out there, grass is counted grass. as one of the best to run on. But it says can cause like um, Achilles problems as it, it can be quite soft. And if it, you know if you're pushing off on there, you don't have that push off pace that the harder surfaces have. So basically, if you run on a grass surface, unless you're running really flat on a tight cut surface, they reckon um, uh, leave it for like a running track. But yeah, but they said just to moderate what surfaces you're running so here we go so we're going to talk i know the super shoes are cushiony and everything um but probably we're going to sort of dig into here sort of you probably guys probably know a bit more about it as well so feel free to jump in the worst running surface gets two I, only and a half out of 10. I only know what nulls told me yeah two and a half <laughs> out of ten is concrete concrete is the worst thing to run on apparently other than ice so they're saying oh, that, better. Um, Time better because it's softer. Yeah. So, so if we just use the regular ones that we sort of come across in this area, they sort of um they say concrete is the worst, and then bitumen's good, right? So the worst one is the the stonecrete, you know, the one that has the aggregate on top. So stone's the worst to run on. There's no give at all because it's like hard. And then concrete, and then you got bitumen, which is ten times softer than concrete. And then synthetic surface, which is running track, is is five percent better than bitumen. And then we go to um, they call it peat moss. That's something probably more so for the European countries, where you run through a, you know, some sort of bush track where you're going along different surfaces where there's um, yeah, peat moss, um, you know, broken broken down stuff from fires and things like that, where it's just been compacted over years. And then they reckon in between that and grass track is running on a surface where it's been worn down by human traffic. So like around sporting fields, so the outside line of a soccer field where the the you know the lines and runs up and down and wears it down, it's compacted down enough that there's no grass, but it's compacted ground, but it's still soft ground. They reckon that's the best surface other than grass. So going backwards, grass is best. And they reckon sand's similar to grass, but causes a lot of um, um, calf issues because you're pushing off and using your calves a lot more. And then, you know, your compacted ground track. And then asphalt, which is the bitumen. And then concrete is probably the worst out of all them. So what's uh, the fastest to run on? They reckon bitumen is really quick. So it's like, so obviously Jack Rayner just run on bitumen. So yeah. that's a road race. And well, he that's going to be my next question. Like, what do you think the difference between, so running on a concrete footpath in a time yeah. trial and then doing the same thing, but on the bitumen yeah. next to it? So yeah, in that in that order from worst to, to the best, obviously grass is the softest. 
and then you, you're going harder and harder, which is worse for you. But also, as you go softer, you go slower. So, so that's what concrete. they do, especially with these, um, <clears throat> where they make these new stadiums for yeah. you know the Olympics and stuff. They make them like fast tracks, like for the mainly for the sprinters because they want to see hundred meter world records, two hundred meter world records, and all that. Yeah. So then, so when they're coming to do the ten k. Oh, it's just like running on concrete, like a yeah. game, but it's really hard on their on their mm. calves and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The... So it's weird. It's a weird thing. Like um, concrete is twenty six percent. Sorry, the bitumen. So the the one where you ride a, a car or a motorbike or whatever is twenty six percent softer than concrete. So you know, if a cars keep driving over the same, you see the little divot where the wheels go. Yeah. You never get that on yeah. concrete because concrete down the M1 to the Gold Coast is like there's a concrete part of the road there through Coomera and it's a highway. So cars just take the same line or every day, so many cars, and it doesn't have any, you know, wheel line. So when yeah, you think it's about like, it. Well, bitumen's like probably, what, 50 mil, 50 mil thick of asphalt yeah. laid yeah. on top of, of the sub base and it isn't concrete underneath. It's all like CBR yeah. and yeah. all that. So then it's, yeah, so that's quite, and that, bitumen is quite soft especially when it gets laid yeah and it just like dries up and then they said the synthetic surface is five percent softer than the bitumen but has a, a higher rebound rate so it'd be very similar i imagine so the push off yeah. the push off and launching part of it would be very similar to running on the road so that's what they say i think bitumen is a lot grippier because of the mm. surface so and and they're saying both of them are the better one to run on the only downside to the track is that you're always going the same way. So you're going anti-clockwise, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. on the, if you're running on a road, you're turning and going whichever way. That's why um, we used to um, always warm up the opposite way way round and warm down ah, the opposite way round. There you the go. That's what that we were talking that, about. That you race on. Yeah. But then, yeah. yeah. It, it did say that. We touched on that before we started recording, saying that they said if you're racing one way, always do your warm up and you warm down the yeah. opposite way on the outside lanes or something just to... So you use the opposite do. muscles to what you've been using on your ankles and knees and stuff. So, yeah. but we used to, um, but when we used to train for the track season, like back in England, we still always used to do some of our sessions were on a grass track, and then we'd still mm. do runs like at least one or two runs, especially on a Sunday long run on the grass, like at mm. Moat Park, yeah, and that. So, you always yeah. the coaches always try to get you to run on grass, it's just easier on your joints and everything. Yeah, your dad, Steve, reckons that he reckons um, if you do a smaller run in the morning, you can always do another run in the afternoon to top up on grass because you don't doesn't have that sort of uh, the you know the impact on your joints and stuff. So I'm assuming that's exactly what he's sort of saying. It's just softer and easier on your joints, and you can sort of have a second run without sort of fatiguing the muscles. Yeah, so, yeah, reckon can, the only downside can definitely build your case up without doing yeah. the damage that way. The only downside to running on grass, I guess, if you hit a pothole or some little hole that you can't see, <laughs> there goes mm. the ankle or something like that. But um, other than yeah. that, I need to, yeah. I tell you what, they need to design a treadmill that's grass. Oh yeah, so yeah, great. in between. Actually, <laughs> the tread the treadmill was in between running the running track and grass as well, so it was actually oh, right. a better surface to run on, but boring as hell. So yeah. <laughs> easier to fall off of and hurt yourself as well yeah i said the most common the most common injury is um trying to maintain pace and losing the fact of where you are on the treadmill and then falling uh -huh. off the ass end of it so you could, you could, your foot could move to one side and you go on a, a on a steel bit and then that's it yeah. you're gone right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always hit Have always hit the front of my treadmill with my with my shoe i feel yeah. it touch the front of the of the treadmill on the bottom. So I'll, I'll move back a bit just in case. I reckon the worst injury, well, not injury, but like little crash I had on a treadmill. Cause I've seen all the ones on Instagram and you know, yeah. the funny things where people fall off as I was running and I don't put the safety clip on. Cause like we're all no. runners. Who's doing that? Anyway, <laughs> I think I like went to wipe my face or something and I pulled the emergency clip and I was oh, running at like four thirty or something yeah. a kilometer and it just instantly breaks. It just comes to a complete stop. And you're you're running at four minutes thirty, and you only got like half a meter to the end of the treadmill where you smash into the bloody panel. Yeah. That's that's the worst feeling, eh? <laughs> did, what did you keep but, um, running <laughs> when the treadmill? Yeah, because it comes to a stop, but you're still you're actually machine. running. So yeah. when it, when something comes to a stop, it's just like wow. 
Mm. Uh, anything else? Anyone got anything for story time? I would have liked to hear Brad's story about this dog attack. Oh, yes. Fuck. Wax, where are you? <laughs> Brad nearly got oh. eaten by two dogs out running this week. He um he's had to climb a tree. <laughs> get away from him. It's pretty yeah. funny. We'll let him tell it next week if he comes on. Yeah. I think yeah. the most disappointing part of it was that I think he um ripped his shoe. Ah, oh, did he? Yeah, what? climbing Hockey's... climbing the tree. Me and Brad went to um to the fights on Saturday night, had a few beers. First time I've had a few beers in a while. I felt pretty dusty on Sunday morning. Watched um you you would have met Eli from the Sunshine Coast Fraser. Yeah. I think he's 40, just turned 40, had his first ever fight in the cage Eli, MMA. Eli Eli Madigan. No, Eli Slosh. Um he's from he's one of Tony's surfing mates. Oh geez, he had a yeah, fight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And mate, he was going up against like a really big guy, like six foot four or something. He's at a hundred kilos. MMA. MMA, yeah. C class rule. So shinny's on and and uh the guy was towering all over him and you sort of you look at him in the at the weigh-in and you're thinking, geez, this is a mismatch, you know. It looked really bad. The guy was like built like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Same and, weight though. Yeah, same weight. And then Eli's like got a beer belly and you know, fit for him, but definitely didn't look fit. And then uh Oh, 30 seconds into the first round, they're sort of like moving around and Eli threw like a big overhand right, caught him on top of the head and the guy started doing the chicken dance and then just jumped on him, knocked him, <laughs> knocked him out. I was, I was awesome. Okay. I was with all the boys. It was a massive crew of us there. There's me, Brad, and uh, all the guys from Mansfield. the coast. Yeah, Mansfield Tavern, yeah. Yeah, that's and where when, uh, the X uh, XFC. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, the XFC. And uh, oh, is that what the show was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And when the uh, when he because the, the guy went down from the first sort of like onslaught of punches, and because it's C class, you can't ground and pound. Well, you can, but you can only hit the body. You can't hit the head. And you can you can submit though, but it's, it's not worth it. Let him get like, up. If he Eli can. thought it was over, and then of course the guy jumped back up, and um, he jumped on him again, and that's where he caught him with like two massive. The referee jumped in and. And saved him, but so they don't do an eight count. They're not doing an eight count. No, no. MMA. You've got to knock them out, or yeah, or just keep like pounding. Like there was a C class fight. The body. There was a a C class fight before that. Two girls, and um, the girl like dropped one of the girls, and she was laying on her back on the floor, and she sat on on top of her in like full mount, just punching her in the arms and that. And I was like, just let her up, let her up and whack her again, but. But yeah, so when Eli hit, hit the guy, dropped the first time, like I was kind of in the middle of that crew, like ringside, and just I, it was like it started pouring with rain, like beers just went everywhere, like <laughs> the, they went so mental, like Keto and um, Eli's brother, and oh, there's everyone was there, and uh, I looked at the ceiling after the fight, and there was just beer all over the, all on the ceiling. <laughs> Like above where we were. And then when I got home on Sunday morning, I was like, I'd put my, um, I was wearing a hoodie. I put my hoodie on the seat when I first got home. And when I went to put it in the laundry on Sunday morning, I had a, I had like a lime from like someone's vodka and, and <laughs> soda or whatever. Like when they've chucked them drinks, it's just come flying out the glass and landed in my bloody hoodie. Yeah. yeah that, they had a party afterwards. Oh God. Can you imagine? Where does he, oh. um, where's he train out of? Um, it's called Tribal MMA. It, it's actually that? at Moffat Beach. It's really, really good. Oh, gym. really? Really good. Um, they got like a really good crew of fighters, and they've got like a couple of really good coaches. I think they got a really good jujitsu coach, and then the guy Paul who runs it does the striking. And they're just they're one of them gyms, and like MMA seems to do this a lot. Is they're always evolving, they're always learning and getting, um, you know different boxing coaches in to do seminars and stuff and they pick up little things. So they're constantly evolving and it just shows because they're just like Eli, that was his first ever fight. He's never done any martial arts or anything before. He's been training for maybe a year or something, but when he wobbled the guy, he was like, he didn't go like silly or nothing. He just like took his time and like landed shots from all different angles and stuff. It was super impressive. Cause I thought he would just, once he saw him like stunned, I thought he would just start going, yeah. but he didn't. He was like going like wild you know, and woolly from, from all different angles. And are you guys following anyone towards GC 50? I know Paul Gillow's oh, super impressive. 
I was going to bring that up, Steve. Good job you said that. Oh, here that. you go. Here you go. Oh, man, you see his run on the weekend, 40K. Yeah, three one-hour loops up at, up the sunny coast, mate. And just, what did you get? Like nearly 39Ks. Yeah, like 40. Oh, yeah, I thought I'd... I didn't really look at the numbers too much, but I thought I thought it was about forty k, and he was moving too. Yeah. Three, three hours, hours didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, three hours. He did three one-hour loops of some Pelican Waters, Golden Beach, back around um, the block back to Caloundra. I think he refueled and who was this? Goulet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Paul Goulet. Yeah, it's almost. I think it was thirty-nine k. It's like thirty-eight point seven or eight or something. But that's gotta, that's motoring, isn't it? Gotta think he's like gotta be one of the favourites. Is that 13k an hour? I don't know. Look it up. I'm not sure how fast that is. I don't know. Yeah. Three hours, 39k, 13k an hour. But to sustain it, fuck. Yeah. But also, New Bowker, she's been training really hard at the moment, doing a lot of longer runs. She's trying to break the age record for the GC50 down the Gold Coast this year. She missed it by a minute last year. I think we talked earlier in the year. Um, And so... She negative split from 35 Ks last year um, and finished just a minute, just under a minute or over a minute outside the age record. So I think she's going for the age record this year again, trying to, that's her main goal, I think, is to get that age record down there for the GC50. The fellow I've been running with, Sam, he's um, tidy as barbers. He owns that business over at Brackenridge. He's a hair hairdresser. He has his own barber shop. He's got a big crew of fellows and they get a lot of, guys in there to get their hair done obviously um he's trying to break four hours so that's uh 445 i think a kilometer for four hours his pb is like 408 which he set either last year or the year before um and um he's he's basically building he's he's over the next six weeks he's building before his taper or whatever so he's just trying to get some kilometers in the legs um he, he's looking really good eh? he's a fit fella He's, he's all his PBs have come this year. So if he PBs this, he'll get every distance a PB for 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Good on him. Tough, tough going, you know, prepping for a big race like that in this heat. Yeah. Yeah. For the overseas listeners, it's getting really hot in Australia. Like I've been swimming now. in the pool like yeah. every day this week. No, it's not even cold. Yeah. Humid, humid now, isn't it? Yeah. I jumped in the pool yesterday with the kids. You got to do it if you got one, eh? Oh, yeah. Um, we were talking about um, like MMA. I just watched uh, yesterday the well, over the weekend the Mark Hunt doco on Prime, and um, I don't know if it's available on any other viewing channels, but um, you know, obviously, big Mark Hunt fans being Australian, he lives on the Gold Coast, and um, watched him fight when he fought Bigfoot the first time. Um, that's Jamie and oh, mate, Jamie I was, and I went. Did you I go was to there? That? I was. You, you there that day? Yeah, we went. Me, you, yeah. and Jamie, oh, and there's a few man. others. That was just. That was a crazy because it was unreal, like we were sitting next to Brazilian people, and yeah. but when they were fighting, people were like banging their feet on the floor, yeah. and the whole place was just erupted. It was only fourteen thousand people in there, but the place was, and that fight was just five round war. They were wiping the blood off the. Um, off the cage, weren't they? In between what, rounds. What like, is it? The Brazilians chant like ooh, ooh, my hair, or something like that. It means you yeah. will die. You will die. That's what they were ch <laughs> chanting in the in the crowd, like ooh, my hair, ooh, my hair, or something like that. Yeah. And um, oh, it was it nuts. was. They gave it a draw without to because if they'd said no, nah, it would have been a riot. I think because it was such. But then he got tested. Bigfoot got tested positive, um. For yeah, not steroids. That, and yeah. this was like the fourth or fifth person that Mark Hunt had fought and got tested positive for steroids. And he's still, I think, in that lawsuit with Brock Lesnar because he sued the UFC because he said, I want his winnings because he got like 3.5 million pay per view and he was on drugs. And the test was done before the um, fight. And he reckons they would have known the results. And it just happened. That, and then he tested positive as well in the post fight and um he said right well and then he's suing him now for battery because he, the uh, ufc aided and abetted him in freaking oh, battery probably, because he wouldn't be able to do that without win. the drugs settle out of court for a few mil yeah well they, they they just they went they've gone to the supreme court because they wouldn't they the, uh, ufc said nah it's got, and then they um, brought um Dana White was like, what's it got to do with me? You know, like, I don't, really, you know, it's maybe the UFC, but not me. But anyway, um, he, um, 
he fought when he fought Bigfoot again, he knocked him out in the first round. He said, There, that's the difference between taking yeah. performance enhancing drugs and not, you know, like that guy could have killed me in there, mm-hmm. but then when he's equal, I beat him in one round. Yeah. So, Crazy. Yeah. Hey, Nath, what's that in the background there? Is that your purchase of the week? That looks pretty big. Well, it's not my purchase of the week. It's it's not something, it's not something you keep in the counter drawer. Who's it bloody made by? <laughs> Here we go. It's made by uh, rumbleroller.com. And it's a roller, but with like four, like a four-wheel drive tyre. Yeah, it's freaking, look at the dimensions of that shit. That's not something you find in the kitchen drawer or nothing, is it? I tell you what, mate, it's so much better than a normal roller. Because I could just sit my my glutes down onto it and it really just find the the trigger point on me, around my hip, on my, like, TFL and piriformis and all that. It's, honestly, mate, that it looks painful. But And then when you do your calves, it really digs into your calves and that. His lugs are huge, man. What's the dimensions on that, you reckon? That's that's pretty oh, big. Sticking out twenty. Mate, mil. they'd be nearly Something ten like mil. Yeah. And the roller itself is probably like a foot or so long by maybe a oh, hundred no, that's, and that's hundred. two, two foot long. By how uh, hundred mil? All right. It's a that. stinker. It looks like something off of a Mad Max movie that someone would be using to hit you with, wouldn't it? Yeah. I've got to um, I've got, got to roll race. yourself out, haven't Have you? Yeah, they're good, eh? Oh, they're, they're, yeah. I've got mine from Kmart. Yeah. Steve was saying he reckons the best one that he's come across is the vibrating one. It's got like the... Um... Oh, I'll see that one. Yeah. 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 I haven't got one, but I've seen um, reviews online and they reckon yeah. it's just unreal because you can so get, you get it right on that trigger point and just let it sort of like massage its way. Yeah. So almost automatic, just does its own thing. That's I reckon cool. you need to... That rollers have a flat one and then move up to that pimpled one. Because I reckon if you went straight on that pimpled one, oh, that kills. Oh, just it depends, though, because some of those cheap ones are real too hard. This has got like a softer core in it. So it, it actually, like, it's a bit no. of give there. But I reckon some of those cheap ones, like they're, they're you know, you pay 10 bucks for a reason. I, for- I forgot to mention that, um, you know, I'm like, I swear by the uh, the mushroom drops, the um, shroomy tea. They're helping with the pain, though. They, they give me, um, <laughs> Oh, I don't want to make crazy. Yeah. I don't want to make like wild claims, but I reckon it's like changed my life since I've been taking them. But that shroomity's given me because I was, I was like messaging them saying I've put at least ten people onto you guys as customers. I said you should give me a discount. I said I'll give you a shout out on the podcast, and they said yeah, all right. So if you put in the code Steve when you go to the checkout, you get twenty percent off. Well, they, where is it? Where'd you buy them from? It's Morning. from Byron Bay. It's, the company's called Shroomity. How, how are you yeah, actually like taking this? Just a couple of drops in your coffee or something? Put it in your coffee every morning. All right, boys, we're going to make some dinner. Yeah. It's be. the last last episode tonight of House of the Dragon. Oh. This uh, season. So um... just quickly, I'll, I'll probably delete this anyway, but I watched that fucking Jeffrey Dahmer thing on oh, Netflix. Oh, yes. I've, I've watched Dahmer. Have you seen that, Steve? No. Nah. I don't no, don't delete this what we're talking about, but it's um I I watched it and I was like yeah it's um I know people say oh you shouldn't give him the limelight someone like that of what he did but I think it's 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 people should be aware that there are people like that out there and you know as humans we just try and think the best of things oh no it won't be that bad oh it won't be that bad but uh, like bad shit does yeah. happen. And you have to be aware that, okay, this, and everyone just ignored the woman who lived next door to him was staying. There's something going on there. I can hear people screaming and the smell and everything. And it just all got ignored because of where they, where they lived. They lived down in the ghetto. Just in the ghetto, weren't crack they? House yeah. And that, but um, yeah. It's so um, bad, man. Wasn't it? When uh, the police, like he had a 14 year old kid, right? He'd been raping him, but he used to drug his victims. And he went out for a bit to get some beers and the kid escaped. Like, I don't know how he did it, but he, they found him in the nude out the front of the building and the like other tenants were like, you know, wrapped a blanket around him and called the police and the police turned up and Dharma, the serial killer walked around the corner and said, nah, he's my boyfriend. And the cops like, they were so just like, wasted. homophobic and shit. they were like, well, I'll just let him take him back inside and shit. And then he went, took him back inside and killed him. Jesus. Just... Yeah, it was pretty mad, um, mad state of affairs. 
Hey, what was that? Um, what was that acknowledgement we got on um Instagram of Australia's best podcast? Yeah, I don't know. What is that? It's like some sort of directory of um up and coming and best podcasts in Australia, and we made a list or something. Yeah, I just I reshared it, but I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure either. I don't really know, but um, that was pretty cool, eh? Yeah, we made some sort of list. It's good. Mm. In it's all those Copy. videos, but the back of nowhere. Yeah, we should get people to um give us a review like on Apple Podcasts. Just yeah. click five stars because I think it really helps your exposure. Yeah, but yeah, you don't want to be one of them guys always asking people to like you see that online all the time, eh? People are like ah, oh, what pl- uh, what we got coming review. up race wise? Uh, Mount Glorious thirteenth. You're you're hosting the red run. So we got the red run. Anogra. Uh, at Anogra. Let's hopefully that dries out uh, yeah. nicely for the sixth, the Sunday. We'll uh, yeah. see you all there, boys. You haven't entered yet. Two weeks. Two weeks' time. I need Fraser needs to come on the Sunday, bring the kids to the uh, medal uh, ceremony. Is it well, the race with... on the Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, I've got them. I'll just check because she's done a change, but I've got them on that Sunday. The uh, sixth, and then the week after that is yeah Mount Glorious track. So we don't have to worry about the uh, weather for that. We should be all right. Should they be should... pretty pretty dry. That was a pretty dry track, wasn't it? Yeah, oh. they, they should be. Uh, there's only a couple of little uh, creeks, yeah, uh, creek crossings, so they should be all right with um, running on that. Um, whoever owns yeah. the, um, I thought it was Southeast Queensland Water, but it's not. Apparently, they only own. <laughs> That they're only responsible for the water five hundred the the ground five hundred meters up from the from the reservoir. It's owned by Brisbane Parks and Wildlife, I think. Yeah, uh, that should be alright with the. Um, That's a nice trail on out yeah, there. Yeah, it'd be good. It should be dry, and then we ran some of it last weekend, didn't we? So um, yeah, really it good. Should, uh, should hopefully be okay. And um, what do you say was on coming this coming weekend? There's. Um, UTA down in UTA is on, down in uh, New South Wales. Yeah, Ultra Trail Australia. And Dan Buno, we've had him on here. He did the Noosa Ultra with you, and the Tui Trail a couple weekends ago. Picked up second place. Yeah, he's doing the fifty there, so he reckons he's in pretty good nick. Yep. All right. All right. Good stuff. So hopefully, right, we boys. see back end of the rain. Yeah, hope so. Let's um. Let's hope this rain stays away. We can get stuck in again this week. Yeah, I thought we were going to flood Saturday night, but uh, we managed to just uh, hold off. Cool. All right. Good shit. All right. All right, guys. Have a good week. Yeah. See you out there. Extension of tolerance